0: This episode of Biscuits and Jam is presented by Boar's Head. Welcome to Biscuits and Jam from Southern Living. I'm Sid Evans, editor-in-chief of Southern Living Magazine, and I'm talking with legendary musicians and celebrated chefs about family, food, songwriting, and Southern culture. I can't tell you how excited I am about today's guest. Her first name alone is known around the world, and so is her voice. Long before she became a huge star, she came from a little cabin and a poor family in the hills of Tennessee, but that never took away the magic of Christmas.
1: We believed in Santa Claus, but we lived far back in the mountains, he never found us. <laughs> we believed in him, we figured he was going to find us one day, but in the meantime, we made a lot of things for each other, homemade toys mom and dad made for us, and so it was just a special time, Christmas season, It just you just felt different.
0: Dolly Parton is an entertainment icon, a beloved performer, and an inspiration in every sense of the word. As a prolific singer and songwriter, she's responsible for some of the biggest country and pop hits of all time, like I Will Always Love You, Jolene, Coat of Many Colors, and 9to5. She's also well known for her philanthropy, especially her Imagination Library Literacy Program which sends almost a million children a free book by mail every single month. As she approaches her 75th birthday, she is more productive than ever and seemingly never out of the spotlight. She stars in movies, publishes books, and even has her own theme park, Dollywood. Last year, she was the subject of Dolly Parton's America, a popular podcast taking listeners through her life and career and introducing her to a legion of new fans. With a recent holiday album and a new Christmas special on Netflix later this month, Dolly joins me today to talk about how the cooking she grew up with just has that certain
1: special something. We, to this day, uh, all cook like mama. Me more than anybody, because I'm still willing to use the grease and the lard and the butter. A lot of my sisters try to cut all that out, but (laughs) you can't get that good taste without all that stuff.
0: Plus, her favorite Christmas songs how Dollywood will celebrate the season this year, and much more this week on a very special edition of Biscuits and Jam. Dolly Parton, welcome to Biscuits and Jam.
1: Biscuits and Jam, I love that. And I love Biscuits (laughs) and Jam. (laughs) I love biscuits with anything.
0: (laughs) Where am I reaching you right now?
1: Well, I'm at my home in Nashville. So I'm just sitting here by my fireplace, my little little nightdress, and uh, sitting by the fire <laughs> talking to you, just like a real Southern girl in real Southern living.
0: <laughs> I love it.
1: I've had my biscuits and jam, by the way.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so, Dolly, it's October now, and you know that that means that we're already thinking about Christmas at Southern Living. I'm wondering if you can describe christmas day in the cabin where you grew up was there a highlight for you
1: well I, you know when you're growing up like that christmas was just a special time mama always made things special she was just one of those special people that i've always said she could tell you anything make it sound good uh you cook anything make it taste good and of course daddy you know we just had simple a life back then back in the very early days daddy would always cut our tree and we would uh, decorate it ourselves with all of our homemade ornaments and all the things that mama would help us put together and of course mama would always tell the story of Christmas and it was just a joyful time at that time she read the bible a lot so we knew the real story so she made that all come to life with us and uh, we believed in Santa Claus but we lived far back in the mountains. He never found us, <laughs> so we pretty, we believed in him. We figured he was going to find us one day. but in the meantime, we made a lot of things for each other, homemade toys, Mom and dad made for us and so it was just a special time christmas season it just you just felt different, and it just felt you know like there was some kind of magic in just the whole idea of it being Christmas.
0: Did your family go to church on uh, Christmas or on Christmas Eve?
1: Oh, of course. My grandpa was a preacher. And so we always celebrated our Christmas and our little presents and all on Christmas Eve. And then we would uh, go to church on Christmas Day because my grandpa's church. So he insisted that we all knew the true meaning of Christmas. So we would sing all the Christmas songs, all the, the great Silent Night, Little Town of Bethlehem and all those great Christmas songs that were, you know, about, jesus go tell it on the mountain and all that so yeah that was always a a big part of us was going to church anyway on wednesday nights and sunday nights and sunday sunday school because of my grandpa but christmas we we would have felt like we would have been in big trouble if we didn't go to to church on christmas
0: (laughs) (laughs) and did your mom do most of the cooking
1: Yes, she did. She taught us girls how to cook. You know, there's five of us girls, and Mama didn't die till she was like 80. So all of us knew all the Mama's recipes, and we, to this day, uh, all cook like Mama, me more than anybody, because I'm still willing to use the grease and the lard and the butter. A lot of my <laughs> sisters try to cut all that out, but <laughs> you can't get that good taste without all that stuff. But anyhow, yes, Mama taught us all to cook, especially my oldest sister, Willardine, and I, we were the two oldest girls, and mom was always having a baby, so she was often not able to to cook, or if she was sick, we would take over, so yeah, we know how to do it, and even to this day, my sisters and I decide beforehand who's cooking what, who's cooking what dishes, who's doing mama's recipe on this, and when we get together at Christmas, you know, we kind of share the food.
0: I love that. So your mom and dad had a tradition with a box of chocolate-covered cherries, I believe. Can you share the story behind that?
1: Well, that was all they could ever, I guess, afford. Because like I say, we didn't have the money to buy gifts, but Mama would always buy Daddy a pack of handkerchiefs and a box of chocolate-covered cherries, and Daddy would always buy her a box of chocolate-covered cherries, and then they just swapped the box of candy. Of course, we all ate it, but, but it was just their tradition, and to this day, my husband and I do the same thing. I buy him a box of chocolate-covered cherries, and, and he buys me some, and so <laughs> even on Valentine's Day, my husband and I buy each other chocolate-covered cherries for our, our Valentine's sweets.
0: So, was there a Christmas carol or song that you loved more than all the others?
1: I don't think so. I I just loved all of those great songs and I did an album years and years ago and I did a lot of those songs like Little Town of Bethlehem, Silent Night and that was my very first Christmas album and then I recorded again an album with uh, Kenny Rogers but I loved all those songs really I was always drawn to the ones about Jesus like the ones that were so picturesque Little Town of Bethlehem and you know the things that are so visual and so I loved them all, but I enjoyed like the fun songs. Like uh, I remember the first time I heard, I saw Mommy Kissing Santa Claus. I thought that was the cutest thing I ever heard was a woman named Teresa Brewer that had that uh, song out. And she had a, a little voice kind of like mine, kind of almost sound like a kid singing it. And that's why I put it in my new Christmas album, because I thought it was so cute. And with the work I do with kids through my imagination library, I thought, well, I need to put something in this new album of mine you know, for the kids. So, but that was always a fun one. I loved all the fun stuff like Santa Claus is coming to town, but I just liked them all.
0: So you have a new album coming out called uh, Holly Dolly Christmas. It's your first holiday album in 30 years. Is that right?
1: Yes, and about 30 years ago, that was the one that I just mentioned with Kenny Rogers. And it, every year it just gets bigger and bigger, and people love it. But I wanted to have one, you know, of my own. And then this crazy year has been so nuts in every way, I figured – people weren't actually going to be able to get out and do Christmas like they normally do. And I thought this would be a perfect year to do a lot of Christmas things. And and I thought the Holly Dolly Christmas was just a perfect little title uh, (laughs) for it. And I thought it just sounds funny and hopefully cute and fitting. But uh, so it's got a lot of fun songs in it. A lot of the old traditional songs like Mama Kissin' Santa Claus, Holly Jolly Christmas. I did that one, of course, and still pop, pop my name in there, too. But anyway, we did some of those. I wrote a few of the new things, and I'm singing with a lot of great artists like Molly uh Cyrus is singing on one, her dad Billy Ray. Cyrus is singing on one. My brother Randy and my niece singing on one. One of my nieces wrote a song that I'm singing with Billy Ray. And uh I did a song with Michael Buble I did one with uh, Jimmy Fallon and one of my favorite Christmas songs ever is a song called Pretty Paper that Willie Nelson wrote and he did a duet with me on the album. So we had really a lot of great great artists. Uh, on, on the album.
0: I just love that you did that song with Willie, and I'm wondering, how did y'all do that? Did you record that song remotely?
1: Well, you know, we had to do that with the COVID. We really couldn't even, but you know, before that, I've told a lot of people, with the new technology these days, even before the COVID, a lot of sessions a lot of musicians just work from their houses. So yes, we we pretty much uh we talked it out. We would call each other and say you sing on this, you sing on that, you should take this verse, I'll take that. And so we sent my version, you know, when I'd sing it and then Willie sang on his, but that's how we did it with everybody. They all sang in their own little studios at home or in their own safe environment. That's how we recorded all, but you'd never know it. But we pulled this whole thing off. And Kent Wells, who has been my band leader for years, he produced the album. So he was really, really, you know, important on uh, getting all the pieces pulled together.
0: Well, it just sounds wonderful. And I've got to ask you about a song on there called Mary, Did You Know?
1: Oh, don't you love that song?
0: I do. I do. And it seems very personal because it's really about the meaning of Christmas. And I'm just wondering what that song means to you.
1: Well, it means a lot. That little song is being recorded every Christmas by somebody. It's been around for a while, but I just keep thinking it's going to make a big hit with somebody. And I just love the song. And i would had several people say, you need to record Mary Did You Know on your Christmas album. Your voice is so suited to that. And of course, that message really rang true to me. And so I think just the whole idea of somebody talking to Mary, did you know that... God was going to choose you to, to bring the King of Kings into this world. And did you know that? How did you feel about that? It's such a personable song, so well written. I did not write it. A lot of people think I did, but I wish I had written it. But I just love, love what it says and how it says it. And uh, I just, that's one of my favorite things in the whole album. It truly is what Christmas is about.
0: Dolly, would you mind singing just a little bit
1: of it? Mary, did you know that your baby boy would one day walk on water? Mary, did you know that your baby boy would save your sons and daughters? Did you know that your baby boy has come to make this child that you deliver will soon deliver you. Mary, did you know that your baby boy will give sight to a blind man? Mary, did you know that your anyway, baby Anyway just goes on to talking about did you know this child that you delivered would one day deliver you you know, it's just such a well-written song.
0: It sure is. Well, so you also have a new Netflix musical coming out called Christmas on the Square, and it was directed by a fellow Southerner and a friend of yours, I believe, named Debbie Allen, and I'm just curious about that connection and how that came to be.
1: Well, actually, Debbie Allen, she directed it and she choreographed it, but Debbie and I have been friends for at least 30 years, Thirty. Five years. So we met early on in our early days in LA through my friend and my manager, Sandy Gallen, who passed away a couple of years ago. But anyway, we got to, we met through him and so we just stayed friends and Sam Haskell I guess he represented Debbie as an agent, Sam Haskell, who is uh, executive producer and my partner in our uh, production company that' been producing all these things anyway, he had known her also, so when we got ready to do this musical, I wrote all the the songs for it, and Sam said, what do you think about Debbie choreographing and and directing? I said, I think that's a brilliant idea. (laughs) So that's kind of how that happened. And it was a great idea. So she did a wonderful job. We had Christine Baranski, who's a great actress, and uh, Treat Williams, who's a great actor. We just had the best people in the show. And I wrote 14 original songs and bits and pieces of of several more. Anyhow, it's coming out on uh, November... 22nd, I believe on Netflix. And so I'm excited about that. It's called Christmas on the Square. But I also in that version in the musical is more Broadway sounding the big time orchestration and all that too. But I did a bluegrass country version of it because I I Mm love the song, but I wanted to do it like in a country town square. A country or a little country than what we did in the musical, but I also wanted to bring a couple of songs in from the musical, so I would be able to promote both at the same time. So anyway, we got a collection of everything, So I'm excited about the the Netflix Christmas on the square musical. i'm I'm hoping that people are really going to enjoy that. So we've got a holly Dolly Christmas all around.
0: <laughs> There's much more with Dolly Parton after the break. This episode of Biscuits and Jam from Southern Living is presented by Boar's Head. Introducing Sweet Bees Honey Barbecue Glazed Chicken, a new classic flavor available only from Boar's Head that brings the celebrated traditions, signature flavors, and iconic taste of sweet honey barbecue to your local deli. Inspired by famous barbecue joints and the aficionados who know the reward is worth the wait, comes an authentic experience that can only be from Boar's Head. Made with premium ingredients, This slow-roasted chicken is delightfully sweet with notes of honey and perfectly balanced with savory hints of hickory smoke. Honey drizzled and barbecue sizzled. Ask for freshly sliced Sweet Bees Honey Barbecue Chicken during your next visit to the deli counter. Boar's Head. Compromise elsewhere. Welcome back to Biscuits and Jam from Southern Living. I'm Sid Evans, and we're talking with the one and only Dolly Parton. Dolly, you mentioned the album that you did with Kenny Rogers, which was called Once Upon a Christmas, and we lost Kenny Rogers this year, and I'm just wondering if you could share a Christmas memory of your friend.
1: Well, I loved Kenny. I mean, we were so close. We were really like family. And absolutely, it was like losing a family member, a dearly loved family member when Kenny passed away. Kenny and I had a great time. No matter when we worked together, we just had a a warped sense of humor. I got him completely, and he got me. And we couldn't get away with anything with each other. We'd bust each other all the time on stuff, and in a good way. But the thing I think I remember most was actually doing that Christmas album, because that was back when we weren't sending everything out. We were recording in the studio with real musicians. The singers were in the studio also, but we did it in July, and so we had the whole studio decorated for Christmas with snow, with the trees. We'd bring each other a new present every day when we were working in the studio, wrapped up a little presents. We decorate the studio, you know, with the with ribbons and some wreaths and, you know, just a little Christmas stuff to make it feel like Christmas. But Kenny was precious. And I also lost another dear friend, also from Texas, one of my co-writers and buddies that I worked with yesterday, Mac Davis, passed away. Oh, and uh, mm-hmm. Yes, and we wrote a lot of songs together, and he, of course, has written some of the greatest songs of all time, like In the Ghetto, and Stop and Smell the Roses, Watching Scotty Grow. But anyway, he and Kenny were very much alike, and they were good buddies. They were both from Texas. So I've lost a lot of my dear friends in the last few years, and that hurts a lot, but I I really think of Kenny every day.
0: Mm. Well, Dolly, I've gotta ask you about Dollywood. I know that Christmas is a huge thing there and I'm just wondering what y'all are doing this year and what you're excited about.
1: Well, of course, like everybody else, we took a big, big hit with the COVID and when we did finally get to open, we were smart about it and we've done really well. In fact, we're doing better than most all the parks in the United States as far as like the success we've had coming back and all that. So we're not totally up to you know, regular standards with what we usually do, but we are excited about our fall festival, the Luminites, and that's going to be a big thing. And we're going to go ahead with our Christmas with all those millions of lights and all the shows and stuff that we have. And so we're excited about the fall and winter season. If if things continue to go well, we're very alert. We're doing all the things that are right, the social distancing, and everybody has been good enough to wear a mask and not make a big deal of it. Of course, everybody has their choices to make, and I respect and understand all that. But I really believe that if, if there's anything we can do to stop this virus and to con- keep control of it, that we should. But we're hoping to have a, a wonderful Christmas season there as well, unless something happens where we don't know yet.
0: Yeah, everybody's just got to kind of be ready for anything.
1: Yes, we do. And we have to be smart. We don't need to be rebels about a thing like this, because we don't really know how bad it is. But we can see that it's not good. And there's to lose one life is is bad enough but to lose, you know, thousands, hundreds of thousands and millions more worldwide, you know, with the virus. So it's evidently something real. And since we don't know, and I think that's the greater fear, I call it the panic-demic more than the pandemic. I think people mm-hmm. have panicked and understandably so. But until we get control of it and find a, a, a cure, I think we should all be as smart as we should be and not, not be a dumbass on any of this stuff.
0: Well, Dolly, this has been a difficult year for so many people on so many levels. And I just want to ask you about a song that you released back in May called When Life is Good Again. What were you feeling when you wrote that song?
1: I was feeling just what I said in the song where it's, you know, talked about when life is good again, I'll be a better friend, a better person when life is good again. And I'll open up my heart to let the whole world in. Not that I wasn't a good person, but I think God is in everything. I don't know that he caused any of this, but I believe he's given us the opportunity to do some soul searching, look at ourselves and look at the things around us and to see, you know, what we can do to even be, be better. And I just thought, well, I know that this will pass like all things do. And hopefully when it does, we'll, we'll be better people, that we'll be able to treat each other with a little more respect. And the fact that it happened worldwide at the same time, uh, when we have so many problems around the world, I'm hoping that some of us have learned some good lessons from it. So I was just thinking that I just want to do better when we get back on our feet, just to try to make the world better, try to make myself better, and try to do everything I can to uplift mankind and to glorify God in a better fashion.
0: Well, it's a beautiful song and a beautiful thought. Dolly Parton, thank you so much for being on Biscuits and Jam.
1: Yeah, well, thank you. (laughs) I'll be anywhere for Biscuits and Jam. So thank you very much.
0: Thanks for listening to my conversation with Dolly Parton. Her latest album, A Holly Dolly Christmas, is available wherever you get music. And her new musical, Christmas on the Square, debuts November 22nd on Netflix. Visit dollywood.com as well for more information on this year's holiday festivities. Southern Living is based in Birmingham, Alabama, and this podcast was produced and edited in Nashville, Tennessee. If you like what you hear, please consider leaving us a review on Apple Podcasts or telling your friends about the program. You can find us online at southernliving.com and subscribe to our print publication by searching for Southern Living at www.magazine.store. Biscuits and Jam is produced by Heather Morgan Schott, Chrissy Tiglius, and me, Sid Evans, for Southern Living. Thanks also to Ann Kane, Jim Hankey, Eliza Lambert, and Rachel King at Pod People. Happy holidays from all of us here at Southern Living, and we look forward to having you here next time for more Biscuits and Jam.